Day tomorrow, a couple of rainy periods. Overnight low temperatures of 60s. Tomorrow's highs in the 70s. Rains could be heavy at times. Flood watches until midday Thursday, where additional rains will occur tonight off and on. And a couple of rainy periods repeated again on Thursday. Back to 70s again tomorrow. 60s in the morning Thursday, followed by a cooler high with the rains around low 70s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO, Murphy's Mandeville Gun and Knife Show, with over 250 tables, knives, guns, and ammo. Saturday, April 17th, 9 to 5, Sunday, April 18th, 10 to 4, adults $10, ages 11 to 15, $5, 10 and under, get in free. Good for both days. $2 discount for military and police at Murphy's Mandeville Gun and Knife Show. Knives, guns, and ammo. Saturday, April 17th, Sunday, April 18th, at the Casting Center, Mandeville. cloudy, nasty day. We are flooded in again. What was that? Like a week and a half ago, Henry? I think we were flooded in and we are flooded in again. It's oh, goodness. Just, wow. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's been like that overnight over there, but it's just unbelievable every single night. Just buckets and buckets with an occasional thunderclap that that rattles the house. I was looking out one of the windows here and I noticed that a little tree, and I'm not talking about a little bitty tree, I'm talking about a, a, a small tree, but a tree that was not iffy, you know, is sort of lying on its side. So I had to go outside and walk across the lawn and I had, uh, flip-flops, I guess that's the word for it, On and every time I walked, it kicked up a big bunch of slop onto my body, so I wound up having to go take a shower, but I, I managed to put a big post in the yard, which was easy to do because it's so sopping wet, and then I perched the tree up against it, and I guess when it dries out, it'll be okay, but my goodness... Wow, is all I can say. So yes, we are flooded in again today and hope to be able to get out and go get some dinner later. 5569696 is the number, but we had a lot of stuff to eat here, things that we never eat because we always go out to eat. So yesterday, I think it was yesterday, I uh, took a corned beef out of the freezer I don't know why I bought a corned beef. No one was going to eat a corned beef. But it was St. Patrick's Day, and I felt like I should get a corned beef. And they were on sale, so I picked one up. And, of course, we wound up not... I think I think Jude might have been here, which is why we didn't eat the corned beef. So then uh, I froze it, and I took it out and cooked it yesterday. I have to say, it was not great. I've had corned beef that was pre-packaged with all the seasonings and a little seasoning packet 
And I've had it at other people's houses, like Jude's mother-in-law gets one at Costco and it's, it's fantastic. And I think we cooked one there once when I was there for St. Patrick's Day and it, it was really good. So obviously I don't, I don't have the technique for cooking a corned beef properly, but I just roasted it in the oven and it was, it was okay. It was not, it was not as, you know, a brisket can get elastic. It was semi-elastic. It was not really, really elastic, but semi-elastic. And so I uh, decided, you know what I'm going to do with this? I'm going to make some corned beef hash. So last night when I went out to the store, I got a bell pepper, another onion, and a potato. A couple, Actually, I was going to get a potato, but they had a sale of, you know, like a bag of russet potatoes for 99 cents. So I picked those up. And I baked them last night. And then this morning, I took bell pepper and onion and uh, wilted those before I put the already cooked potatoes in. I chopped it all up really fine. To me, the best corned beef hash in the city is found at the Lake House restaurant where Pete Kusiv is the chef. And... It's killer corned beef hash. I also like the one at the Langham Hotel in Pasadena, but, you know, it's a little far, especially now. So, uh, and, and Pete only has it every now and then. So, um, I decided I'm going to make my own. I'm going to make it in the style of Pete's corned beef hash. So, I chopped up the corned beef really thin, and then I chopped it into little bits of corned beef. And I did the same thing with a potato. And so I made a corned beef hash this morning. And Tom, who has never been really effusively approving of my cooking, has been saying lately how delicious his breakfasts are. So I decided, well, we're going to go full gourmet now and do corned beef hash with two sunny eggs on top. So we've got some corned beef hash to last for a while, but we're stranded. So it was perfect. And then uh, for lunch, I took some salad greens that have been in the refrigerator as my usual attempt to get healthy, eat better, blah, blah, blah. And it sits in the refrigerator because we go out every meal. I pulled some of those out. I mixed uh, some gardenier or jardinier vegetables and uh, some olives and a cucumber that was probably going to go rotten and some purple onion artichoke and made and tomatoes and made a really bountiful healthy salad with some more of that $26 a bottle olive oil. You know what I decided? $26 a bottle olive oil should not be used in a salad dressing where it's going to be left in the bowl because some of it went down the sink and that is sort of blasphemous, I think. And I went, you know, when you think $26 a bottle, you think, okay, how big is that bottle? The bottle I looked was 16 ounces. So it's not a lot of olive oil. Um, the late, great Michael Udo used to get Saika olive oil from Norjo. And he got us turned on to that. And we used to buy it in this large tin, which I think you can get stuff like that. 
at Norjo and also at Central Grocery and probably a few other places, but um, maybe someplace like Terra Nova. But it was green. It was obviously green and it was good. And I didn't have an appreciation for really premium olive oil back then, but I knew that it, it probably was pretty good. Um, but we don't, we haven't used that. I mean, basically we, like I said, we don't cook very much. So we use the, the store stuff. And then I read that the, the difference between the store stuff and the good stuff makes a huge difference, except if it's going to be wasted. So I've decided I'm going to use the premium olive oil only in cooking red sauces and things like that, where my Italian cooking can get kicked up a notch by the presence of a truly premium olive oil. If you use a particular kind of olive oil that you seek out and do not get it at a store, I'd be curious to see what it is that you are getting, where you're getting it, and why you get it. 5569696 is the number if you want to talk to me. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris sitting in the Tom Fitzmorris Food Show chair, as I have been for, gosh, well, really just a couple of months. But, um, but the show is coming up, this show, this reboot of the food show is coming up on a year in two weeks. I cannot believe that. Today is National Palm de Terre Souffle or Souffle Potato Day. I also want to ask you, what's your favorite souffle potato in town? There are, all right, let's see. There's Arno's. They do them. I think, I think that you can get them at um, Two Jacks and, of course, Antoine's. If you know of souffle potatoes, other places, call me, 5569696. So we had the birthday party at Antoine's, and the souffle potatoes were plentiful, which put everyone in their happy place because souffle potatoes are kind of a delicacy. And there were trays and trays of them. And they were really good. And uh, I thought, you know, this is, they, they were at a high water mark for souffle potatoes. And then we went to Arno's maybe two weeks ago. And uh, frankly, the souffle potatoes were by far the best thing at the table. But they were the pinnacle, I think, of souffle potatoes. And I'm just wondering if anyone else has that opinion. If Oh, Galatoire's. I think you get souffle potatoes at Galatoire's also. Sure, of course. So if you had to rate the souffle potatoes from the Grand Dame, which one would you pick? I, I've decided that there is no peer to the Arno's souffle potatoes, although they're good everywhere. But but that is uh, the presentation, uh, the greaselessness, the crunch, the puffiness, perfection. It was really perfect. That was about the best thing at the meal, though, because I was quite surprised at that. The rest of that meal. All right, so souffle potatoes were said to have been invented by accident in the 1840s by a chef named Colinet. He was in service to Louis-Philippe, the last king of France. The king was to travel on the first train from Paris to Saint-Germain-en-Laye, where Colinet would serve lunch prepared for him. When the train was seen approaching the station, the chef began frying the potatoes. 
the king's favorite treat. But the train arrived without the king on board. Louis-Philippe got cold feet about this new conveyance and decided to follow the train on his horse-drawn coach. The train surprised everyone with its speed and the king arrived quite a bit later. Colonnet had no more potatoes to fry. All he could do was heat the oil again and drop the original batch of potatoes back in to crisp them up. He was taken aback when they pulled, when they puffed up like balloons. Colonnet had an apprentice by the name of Antoine Alchator, who would later wind up in New Orleans. He founded the restaurant that bears his name, and to this day, it's the most famous place to have souffle potatoes. Now, where else, I ask you, where else would you get little tidbits of information like that? This is from Tom's 50-year collection of things just like that. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'm Marianne Fitzmorris, Tom's understudy. I don't know those things, but I can read those things, and that's what we aim to do here on the food show as we continue it. Let's uh, let's take a break. We'll be right back. One of my favorite roast beef poor boys isn't a poor boy place at all. DiMartino's is a wonderful restaurant with traditional Italian food and excellent fish and chicken dishes, as well as the muffalettas for which they are known. With three locations on the West Bank that are more casual, the Covington restaurant feels upscale with good food and great prices. It's a winner. DiMartino's Covington, Marrero, Algiers, and Terrytown. DiMartino's.com. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings, and lots of things are seldom what they seem. True enough. I should have done the commercial for Antoine's while we were talking about Antoine's. So I guess I can go ahead and do it now. I would, I'll put it somewhere else in the show. I'll just go ahead and do it now. Antoine's is where you're going to find those souffle potatoes. That's where they originally arrived on the scene in New Orleans, as did all other Creole New Orleans dishes. Antoine's is the original. 1840? Yes, 1840. It is 20, uh, 181 years. Yes, 181 years this year. Antoine's also has a signature uh, dessert called Baked Alaska. They have Oysters Rockefeller that they invented there. Antoine's is Antoine's. What can you say more about that? Everyone knows Antoine's. If you have not experienced it yourself, you should. You can do it less expensively than normal by going to lunch for the three-course prefix. It is $21. You can pair wines with that for an extra $16 and have a fine gourmet dining experience. You can also go to their more casual Hermes bar and get uh, a sample of what they do for $5 for bar bites. And they have $6 drinks. They do this every day in the afternoon. Antoine's is a great place to host a party. We had Tom's 70th birthday party there. I cannot say enough about it. It was fantastic. Service matched the food. It was a wonderful time had by all. 
They can accommodate any size party and the protocols at the same time because they have that many rooms in this very large restaurant. Antoine's the original, the original Grand Dame. Antoine's is New Orleans. As Tom says, there's all, in all the world, there's only one Antoine's. They're located at 713 St. Louis and the phone number to make a reservation, 581-4422. And if you haven't done it, you really should. It's it's quite an experience. If you are new, a New Orleanian or visiting New Orleans, make sure Antoine's is on your list. All right, 5569696 is the number. I am looking for the best souffle potatoes in town, in your opinion. There's not a lot of them, just a couple, but uh, they're all good. It's a great dish. I love when such things are discovered by accident, but uh, we were the beneficiaries of it. Antoine Alchator brought a bunch of things from France, um, including the uh, something Robespierre, which you don't really want to know about. The Edible Dictionary word for the day today is also French, brought to you by Dorignex, one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time. The Edible Dictionary word is Dauphine potatoes, not to be confused with potatoes dauphinoise, which is kind of like what my mom used to call scallop potatoes. But Dauphine potatoes, also called by the French name Pomme Dauphin, as well as Duchess potatoes, they come to the table in nuggets about the size of the last section of your thumb. They are made by blending mashed potatoes with beaten egg. The egg holds the potato together through the cooking. Cream, seasonings, flour, butter, and a tiny bit of nutmeg complete the recipe. The resulting paste can be made into nuggets by hand or squeezed out using a pastry bag. They're fried in oil and sauteed in hot butter. You know, that sounds like what my mom used to do with um, leftover mashed potatoes. I didn't realize my mom was a gourmet cook. I find that out sometimes, these things that I read about. I think, gosh, that's just what my mom served me. Uh, but she didn't, I don't think she did any eggs. She just did the uh, mashed potatoes and they were not done in the nugget style. They were just made into like a patty. So essentially it was just to get rid of what she had, which was leftover mashed potatoes. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. I'm just sitting here blathering on about food, but there's lots of fun stuff to talk about because I use Tom's Almanac as a blueprint for the show. He has compiled all of this information, like I said, over 50 years. Today in 1955, I didn't realize it was that old, the first McDonald's franchise opened in Des Plaines, a suburb of Chicago. This was the start of Ray Kroc's empire, which set the standard for fast food restaurants ever afterward at least as regards operating style and profitability. If only McDonald's were as good as now as it was then, and boy, is that the truth. There's a wide discrepancy between the original and now. At that time, the beef was fresh, patted by hand. The French fries were cut from fresh potatoes on the site, and everything was cooked on a hot grill. Now it's frozen beef and fries and burgers warmed in the microwave. It is too bad, isn't it? Let's go to Michael. Marianne, good afternoon. Hi. I normally have to listen to you via podcast due to work schedule, but I was able to listen today, so I wanted to call you. Oh, good. So 
I'm a couple of weeks behind on topics, but I want to talk to you about the power of suggestion. And I guess you know, like you say, you kind of fool for the you fall for the the bogos in the store uh, when you see the ads. But the power of radio and suggestion. So because of this show, I have now gone out and bought peanut patch canned boiled peanuts. <laughs> Which I like boiled peanuts, and I'd never. Yes, thank you very much. Very well. I had never. I've seen those in the store, but that's just something that I would bypass. I would not. I like uh-huh. boiled peanuts. I don't go out of the way to buy them, but I bought a can of the peanut patch Cajun style boiled peanuts, heated them per the direction, and you know what? They're very good. Yeah, they they surprise me too. They really are good. And the other thing that I bought, because of all of your talk about it, was the Hormel canned tamales. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? They're pretty good, too. They and, are. And I need they're to wrapped go get in the some. paper, you know? Yes, yes. I was looking, at, uh, I was looking in the pantry um, a couple of days ago, and I saw a Hormel, you know, logo and I couldn't see what it was, and I thought, oh, did I buy any tamales? But it was Hormel chili that my daughter bought, you know, last year when COVID started, and she was prepared for the apocalypse. So um, that's good too. I have to say, well, that's that good is too. good. I like that yeah. on a hot dog. Uh, yeah, you know, but I was passing. I was passing the frozen food aisle yesterday in the store, and you know that looks good too. I mean, I can see why people eat a lot of frozen uh, foods because it looks good. Well, it looks easy. good now. You know the frozen food. Your your results may vary. It never quite looks like it does on the package uh, once yeah. you yeah. nuke it in the microwave. Mm-hmm. The other, but that's just you know that's two items that I would have never really thought about or sought out. But it's like it just it stayed in my mind, I guess, from listening to it. And then I saw them in the store, and I was like, I got to buy the peanut. The other thing you were talking about, which would have been a couple of weeks ago, but yesterday for me, was the. And it's funny that you mentioned it because I think of the same thing as the drinking cups in the restaurant. Um, and the the red Coca-Cola cups. Now, and, and really the quality of the, of the drinking vessel, depending upon the quality of the restaurant. Uh, and I, I do think of those same things. And you I do? Can't, okay. I'm not a fan. I don't mind if I'm at a, if you're at a po' boy poor boy place or a pizza joint and they have the red cups but and so i don't mind in those instances what i find with those cups as you might as well is they don't no place trades those out they don't get rid of them often enough so you end up with cups that are chipped or they're scratched or it's really disgusting they're gross i think they're gross i mean i just (laughs) i think of i think of when i was in school and I would stand in the line in the cafeteria, and I would see all those cups that just came out of the dishwasher. Maybe you had still food on them or something. And they were jammed into each other. Oh, and I'm yeah. thinking, oh, you know, that's what well, I Well, you know, glass, you can clean glass. You can sanitize glass. I don't know how well you can sanitize these plastic cups full of crevices. But anyway. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and my, my final issue, a la Stephen's old list from the old days, <laughs> was your discussion about, and this may be going back a couple of weeks further than that, is kind of the 90-10 rule on the quality of food in restaurants. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely 100% correct. And mm-hmm. I guess my question is, and you've kind of asked the same question, and, and I don't know that we'll that we get an answer to it, 
and and I'm guilty of it too. It's like, why do we go eat at the ninety percent places still? Because we do it. Okay, well, let me tell you, because there's a lot of reasons that you eat at a restaurant that has that are not at all related to food. Yes, they're just not related to food. You go because it makes you feel good. You go because you have a tradition there. Like my daughter and I, we've been eating at La Coretta, which is an ordinary Mexican restaurant. And I'm not saying that it's it's bad. It would be right. like in the 85, you know? Right. It'd be 85. Um, but we have a tradition there. We started out when she was in high school. We started talking about boys and and high school things, and we sat out on the patio, and we've been doing that for 11 years now, and I don't really care about the food. We go there when we want to do girl stuff. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons you go to restaurants, you know? And I, I think that kind of goes, you know, that, and that's absolutely true, and, you know, convenience is a factor as well, and just kind yeah, of our sure. habits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah. of course, that that is somewhat uh, the antithesis of, of Tom's career which was to hunt down yes. the 10%. I'm sinking it. I'm sinking it right here. <laughs> well, I'm not <laughs> We're talking about... You... <laughs> no, I like the direction, and, you know, you, to me, and, and even Tom was like, uh, look, if you've, and as you talk about, if you've had, if you've ever eaten anything, call and we'll talk about it. So right. even yeah. though that was, you know, he was geared toward um, the gourmet, the gourmet that's right. not, the show didn't always reflect that. I mean, the show is... Is was it is is now, which is let's talk about food and everything yeah. that goes along with it. But yeah, uh, good talking with you, and uh, I'm sure that as I listen along, I'll be led to some other unconscious decisions to buy things in the store that I never thought I would before. So, well, I'm going to tell you two things before you go. Number one, yeah. you made my day, yeah. and number two, I want to clip this out for when I'm trying to sell advertisers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very true. It's very okay. true. Take care. Thank you, Michael. Bye-bye. All right. That's uh, bottom of the hour news time, Louisiana Radio Network, 2.30. Louisiana Radio Network. I'm Brooke Thorrington. The search for a missing LSU student has reached a sad conclusion. Jeff Palermo has the story. Authorities have confirmed the body recovered in the Mississippi River on Tuesday in St. John the Baptist Parish has been identified as 19-year-old Corey Goche of Opelousas. LSU Police Chief Bart Thompson says foul play is not suspected based on cell phone tracking, video footage, and other evidence shared with Corey's parents. Her vehicle was discovered on top of the Mississippi River Bridge, which resulted in an exhaustive search. Corey's uncle posted a video message on social media to give thanks. It's a tough video to make, but thanks, guys, for everything that was done. Thanks for all the prayers. I'm Jeff Palermo. The Coast Guard continues to search for the 12 missing after a commercial platform capsized Tuesday afternoon. Sector Commander of the Coast Guard New Orleans, Will Watson, says they have to remain optimistic in search efforts. So far, one body has been located. Louisiana Radio Network.com. Secretary of State Kyle Ardwin. In Louisiana, we do elections right. We have a long track record of administering safe, secure, accurate, and transparent elections. Despite multiple natural disasters and a global pandemic, the 2020 elections in Louisiana were a great success. Unfortunately, states without the same stringent election processes as Louisiana have undermined voter confidence here and across the country. I can assure you that we will continue to provide voters with the same unwavering commitment to superior election administration, which has made our state a national leader in election integrity. Early voting for the upcoming April 24th election is April 10th through the 17th. 
Remember to visit GoVote.com or check out the award-winning GoVote mobile app to find your polling place or view a sample ballot. That's G-E-A-U-X, vote. This is Secretary of State Kyle Ardwin reminding you to go vote, Louisiana. Over the last 75 years, New Orleans has gone through many changes, and so has WGSO. From our early beginnings in 1946, broadcasting from the Jung Hotel, being home to Papa Stapa in the 1950s, being a music station, talking biz radio to speak in easy New Orleans style, you, our loyal listeners, have been here every step of the way with WGSO. It's now our 75th anniversary, and we are so proud to have you here with us to celebrate. So we're going to celebrate all year long to show our gratitude to you and make 2021 our most successful year yet. And we will also continue to bring programs that appeal to people of all backgrounds. So from all of us at WGSO, we want to say thank you for making us the community voice of the Crescent City. You make me feel so young. Ah, isn't that a wonderful feeling? I have to say it's a wonderful feeling. 5569696, Michael made my day. I have to say that. So I welcome anybody who uh, has similar thoughts to please call. Um, The peanut patch thing, and I don't want to get into the peanuts again, but I didn't realize that company is like 150 years old. So I I emailed them, and the reason I knew that they were 150 years old, (laughs) what a way to make a living. Uh, I was um, running around trying to find um, crispy, crunchy chicken, which I highly recommend, by the way. I mean, it's really good stuff. But I used to think that crispy, crunchy chicken was everywhere because I would pass a gas station, and it would have a little crispy, crunchy chicken logo on it, And then I needed another picture for a piece that I was writing. And it's not that easy to find. You think it's everywhere, but it's not. I mean, I had to really, really look. And then I went to a place that they said had it, and they had traded it out for a barbecue place. So I finally, so Nicole Dorgnack, oh, by the way, Nicole is not going to be with us today at three. She's going to join us tomorrow, I believe. It's been a very busy week for her, so we're not gonna we're not gonna have a visit from our gal. I'm gonna call her a gal. She'll love that um, to report on what's happening in the store. But um, I went over. Nicole told me that there was one close to where she lives, so I went over there and I got like one of the last few pieces of the chicken, and then forgot to take a picture of it because it was really good, and um, and then I had to go back again. But they had. And I was also distracted by the peanut patch vats right in front of the register. So I'm I'm paying, and there's a big kettle of peanut patch boiled peanuts and the Cajun variety. And it said since 1840 or something. And I thought, wow, I had no idea. So anyway, uh, yes, good to know that people actually do go and do the same kind of experiments that I do. Because when we start talking about something, I got to go have it. I still haven't bought the the hot tamales, though. I'm holding out on those. And mainly I forget when I go to the store. So the first McDonald's franchise opened today. How do you feel about McDonald's? I'd be curious to know uh, how many people actually do still go to McDonald's. I am very surprised that my friend Eric, who you hear on the show from time to time, 
is still saying that McDonald's fries are the best. And I trust his opinion a lot, although I don't know. I don't know about that. Let's see. The word, the deaf dining rule number 47 today is if you have time to eat, if all the time, if, if all you have time to eat is fast food, just skip that meal and add a little more to the good one you'll have later. You know, I, I hate to admit when Tom's right, but that is true. But, you know, fast food is different than it used to be. You know, I, I don't treat fast food the way other people treat fast food. Or maybe other people treat fast food as I do and I don't really think that they do. Like, to me, fast food is anything that you pick up. Like, we'll get a roast beef, poor boys. Oh, Greg is another one, too. Henry was saying that all the callers are named the same thing. And I said, we used, I used to conjugate callers, Mike and Michael, Greg and Gregory, and um, Steve and Steven. So, yes, I forgot about Greg. Hi, Greg. How are you doing, Marianne? I'm good. Miss you. I haven't talked to you in a while. How you been? It's good. I'm staying busy, but, I'm, you know, of course, I listen to the, I love the, I can't say it enough how much I catch up on episodes, the, uh, you know, podcasting, of course. So I, I get to play it later in the evening maybe or in the morning so i'm still tuning in just in a different method <laughs> okay well i hope you're not looking for the jeff morrow interview tenny i'm not trying to make you feel bad but it broke my heart it's not there so um it was oh, no. one of my favorite shows in a really long time all right yeah, so go ahead hmm? no it's calling uh so yeah you said greg and steve and steve and greg and greg. what happened <laughs> i haven't heard from gregory in a while does he still call the show yeah i know it's like it's like there are people that you get used to hearing and then you don't hear them for the while and you go okay i hope they're all right but no i haven't heard yeah, from no. him either no yeah i used to like his uh i think he was big into wines right he knew his he yes. had, um mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, re I remember that no so mcdonald's funny story i remember tom years ago i think you, you would probably remember this too obviously he had a tradition for um was it the 4th of July every year? He would have a, a hamburger from McDonald's, I believe. That was his fake tradition. He would say that yeah. he was going to do that. And I think that's his... Tom had a lot of goofy things that he did before he got married and he had a real life. And once you have <laughs> kids and a wife yeah. and a job, you don't have time for foolishness. You know what I mean? You don't. It's like, you don't. You're right, yeah. Yeah. It's like you don't have time to do anything. You know? Like my, know. my son called my daughter once and he said, you know, I... I, I'm in the car by myself, and 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 I don't know what to do. So I thought I'd call you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's really what it's like. So anyway, uh, so Tom hasn't had a burger for Fourth of July in probably thirty years. Yeah, yeah, McDonald's. So I mean, obviously, everywhere where you travel, there's always a McDonald's. But I, I just, I, I got to hand it to them. Two things: I still don't mind their breakfast, like an egg McMuffin, and I, I love their fries. That's about it. That, you know, I you haven't know, eaten there in so long. I, no, I love their fish fillet. I, I love their fish fillet. Oh, yeah, that's good, too. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. That's true. Yeah, but sometimes I'm tempted to swing in there and get a fish fillet. Go ahead, what? Yeah, the egg McMuffin, you know, it's just an English muffin. It just, for, for fat, I, I know it's fast food, of course, but, you mm -hmm. know, it's okay. And their fries are still, I know we've talked about In-N-Out, Shake Shack. You know, there's so many different places with good fries. Wendy's has the sea salt now on their fries. I still think McDonald's, if you had to pick of the mm -hmm. fast food places is still up there. I mean, maybe yeah. not, maybe as well, grand as they were 20 years ago, but they're still there. Well, if my friend Eric puts the stamp of approval on those as the best, you can believe it because he eats all that stuff everywhere. So yeah, 
it's, you know, I don't know. It's not, it, I, I haven't, I haven't gone through a fast, well, no, that's not true. Popeye's. Because Popeye's Ooh, yeah. keeps dazzling these things in front of you or dangling these things in front yeah. of you. So the chicken sandwich makes you go in and see if it's worth the hype. The answer is right. yes, it is. Oh, and yes, then they is. had their flounder for Lent, and I had to go in and see what that was. So I do go through Popeye's line. Not a lot, yeah. but, you know, more than anything else. They're good. Did they remove, I think another, I don't know about Louisiana, but I think they made an announcement, their dirty rice or something yeah. was being taken off. Yeah. And I thought That's that it. was kind of interesting. But And, well. and I, I think it wasn't. I think it wasn't dirty rice. I think it might have been the name Cajun rice. I don't. I don't want to get into all that maybe stuff. Maybe that's what. But, yeah. Maybe. But I know that it's here. We have it here because right. we checked it out. And then um, my sister in Seattle was the one that brought that to my attention. And then Alan, I think, was going to go check that out. But I don't know if he ever did. I think he might have. I'm not sure. But anyway, yeah. yes, I was asking people check where you are if you're not here, if there's if there's the Cajun rice on the menu, which is too bad because yeah. it's really good. I mean, it's, it's good. Dirty rice is good. Yeah, you know, I don't want to think what's in it, but it's good. Go ahead. What you spoke about hush puppies the other day? I was thinking to myself, how come Popeyes? I bet you that would be a big hit for them if they got into making hush puppies. I could see you people know, ordering them. I've always thought about that. You know, at a certain point. How much more do you have to offer? If you're doing, if you've got, you've got a line set up, you've got people in place to do that. Right. And then you have to get another person, another fryer. Do you know what I mean? It's like, that's true. I think yeah. there comes a point where you go, this is the menu we're doing. This is what we can manage. We're right. doing really well with this. I mean, come on, how much more line do you need than the one that goes down the, the highway, you know? I know, so I, I that's know. true. Let somebody well, I else do hush puppies. Before. So hush puppies is the first thing I think of, and I know we talked about this, I think a few months ago I called you about uh, seafood platter phase, fried seafood platter phase mm -hmm. I used to go through years ago. I think you used to <laughs> yeah. mention you used to. And it's just, you know, now that I think about it, it's just so much food. I look back, I'm it like, is. how did I do that back in the day? You know, like I was it just, is. <laughs> it's just like and the, and to quote Clara Satanovich, who's in the business she said to me one night back in 2004, I can picture it in my mind, we're walking along, and she goes, but really, who needs a seafood platter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. You know? It's, yeah. But they're, they're getting it, smaller, though. They're getting smaller. Yeah. I don't think that they're nearly as big as they used to be. I agree. Yep. So I agree. That's, well, that's you something. That maybe late 80s, early 90s, you'd see like a monstrous yeah. plate. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Well, I'm sure Dini still has a massive one. But yeah. um, but I think generally a normal seafood platter is smaller than it used to be. Right. Do you go, you live in Baton Rouge, right? I'm in Austin, actually, Texas. Oh, oh, okay. Well, then never mind, because I was going to say, uh, if you had... Um, I think Mike Anderson's is around oh, yeah. Yeah. in Baton Rouge, and um, I'm familiar, very good. And also, yeah. yeah, but I mean, you wouldn't have had it lately if you're in Austin. Oh, How's no, Austin no, these no. days? It's, I mean, everything's just so crazy with new places opening up, food trucks, uh, the California influx. If you've heard, there are people left. I think there's 158 people a day moving here. It's insane. Mm. Um, 
mm. the offers every everybody's paying a hundred thousand dollars over asking price for real estate i mean it's just Sweet. It's tesla apple amazon google mm-hmm. uh, a lot of so austin's the, the new california but yeah, I mean, every, you go to a red light. Seriously, a lot of license plates you see at a red light or or at a parking lot, you go through and see California license plates. <laughs> it's mm. really, it's yeah. So, um, what but, brought you there? Love the outdoors, the hiking. Oh, so trails. you just moved? You just moved like for change of life, not work related. We've we've oh. came here in '06, back when Austin was way smaller. You know, 15 years ago, yeah. to visit some friends, mm-hmm. and uh, it was still a decent sized city. Don't get me wrong, but um. No, I mean Lake Travis. You have Lake Austin. Mm-hmm. You can go kayaking. Sure. You can go. I mean, it's the just, wildflowers. Just, yeah, yeah, really pretty. And it's not too far from from Louisiana to visit family. So right. you know, we don't have to hop on a plane. We could literally leave at six a.m. and and be you know in Louisiana for lunch. You know, for at noon. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. it, it has its. Uh, but yeah, but the the negatives though, I tell people, you know, it's just it, it's it's busy now. I mean, there's a lot of people it's changing. Know, coming here. Exactly. It's. I think it's. It's lost its Austinness and is becoming yeah. oh, I, I, more. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Cosmopolitan. But you talk to people from Nashville. People say the same thing about yes. Nashville. Yes. Another one. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. And New Orleans. It's true of New Orleans too, but in a yeah. in a different way. I don't really. I don't know. Yeah, maybe not in a different way. Maybe the same way. Yeah. Although I don't about, want to admit it. I know you guys it. have. You guys went to D.C. area after Katrina. You think that I heard we have friends that moved to Northern Virginia. They said it's nowhere near as. I mean, it's growing every five years. It gets bigger yeah. and bigger. So yeah, I'll tell you what. My daughter almost got married, as people know from the show, um, four years ago. I can't believe it's been that long. But she was living in Virginia for a while, and she was in Virginia in 2015. Yeah. And she had been to Virginia in 2005 after Katrina, where we lived for a year. Right. Until 2007. And she could not believe the demographic changes in Northern Virginia in only 10 years. Ten years, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, she said it was a, it was barely recognizable. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's, co- it's cost a lot. Of living Alexandria, Virginia, yeah. is very you know just all these areas. Um, even yeah. Maryland too, by the way. A lot of parts of even parts of Maryland are, um, you know, really expensive. But everything's but, changing. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I I tell her she better get her house in downtown Covington before she gets priced out of that. Because it, it just, it's crazy out there. There's just a lot of demand for everything. Anyway, absolutely. any any great food? Should I get to Austin anytime soon that I need barbecue, to try? Yeah, absolutely. It's, and, and barbecue is going to be brisket, of course, being Texas. You're not going to find as much of the pulled pork as you do in the Carolinas and Tennessee no, and yeah. Georgia, mm-hmm. um, which is okay. But the brisket here is great. And, of course, tacos. You know, Torchies is from here. I love Torchies. Yeah. I love Torchies. Yeah. and. So there's one in Baton Rouge. Is that it for so I know. far? For, for, okay. Yeah, I and I wasn't that impressed with it. I'll tell you how we found Torchies. I don't know if you heard the story, but we found Torchies from overhearing someone talk about it in the Franklin barbecue line. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so if there's some sucker opportunity, my daughter and I are gonna be right there. So we were standing in line at Franklin Barbecue for three hours and somebody talked about Torchy's tacos, so we made a we asked him about it, and then we made a mental note to go there. Then we went to Torchy's before we left Austin and loved it. 
and then one again in Houston. But I just right. don't feel like the one in Baton Rouge is as good. And I think when you start franchising something quickly and put it in college campuses, maybe it loses something or maybe I just wasn't feeling it. I'm not willing to say it's not as good. Yeah. Do you have, are you familiar with the pita pit? Yes. Yes. Okay, so you mentioned college campuses. That's exactly what I hate to say what led to their demise, but a lot of Pita Pit fans say that they lost their identity, if you will, when uh, they started to do that franchise. Interesting. Yep. They were a small, I believe, out of Athens, Georgia. Maybe they're they're out of some small, yeah. But when they started expanding, and yeah, so that's the first thing uh, I thought of when you said college campuses franchising. Uh, yeah, the only well, one, now that's not true of Canes, though. I don't I think that's say, true of Keynes. Yep, Keynes has been doing phenomenal. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Keynes is, yeah. Keynes is I guess, an aberration, but most of the yeah. models, even Mellow Mushroom, by the way, um, yeah. kind mm-hmm. of falls with Mellow Mushroom. You, I used to be a huge fan. Agreed. And then, Agreed. You, you agree? Yeah. Uh-huh. Just, I don't know. Didn't really First time I much. had it was actually at, at, right outside the campus of um, Tennessee. Yeah. And yeah. and that was the first time we tried it. We really liked it. And then when it came here, we didn't like it. Now, now the one in Covington was not a college campus. It was just right. Covington. And then there was one on Oak Street. Well, that's kind of close to the college campus. But yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting phenomenon. My son was telling me about this little beignet lady that I have to get on the air who opened a, a brick and mortar after a food truck run in Los yeah. Angeles. And she had her opening, and she had the second line, she had the parade, she had the floats, and she had canes. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so we got to get, yeah. we got, that was just funny that she would bring up another Louisiana place that's out there, so. I think even, hasn't Alan mentioned on the call that there's a Seattle, uh, there's a food truck in Seattle from a New Orleans person, I believe? Well, there's no, a, I think there's a lot of people, you know, who, who do New Orleans food outside of New Orleans, and good, and it's getting better, I have to say that, you know? Right. I mean, it used to be where you'd go and get barbecued shrimp someplace, and it would actually be barbecued with barbecue know, yeah. sauce, and I used to laugh <laughs> at that, you know? So, anyway. Yeah, that's not good. Well, Marianne, great chatting with you, and uh, I might even call I'm tomorrow glad you if I'm, if I'm free. called in. Yeah, we'd love to have you call again. We love it, and I love when you, when you email us, so good to Absolutely. good to hear from you all right thanks Greg. okay Bye. thank you bye-bye all right we're overdue for break we will be right back after these messages Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. One of my all-time favorite restaurants is the legendary Pascal's Manali. It's now open for lunch Wednesday through Friday with happy hour specials in the dining room every day. Tuesdays, enjoy two-for-one appetizers and Hans's vodka martinis. Wednesday and Thursdays, wine and beer specials. Friday's lunch martinis are $5. Say hello to my friend Thomas at that great oyster bar when you go to Pascal's Manali, 1838 Napoleon Avenue. Reservations are recommended. Call 895-4877. I get misty just holding your hand. I want to mention that it is not a beautiful day outside, which, you know, duh, you don't, you already know that. But, um, but people who live, who don't live here don't know that, but they wouldn't be going to the anchor anyway. So it is a 
decent day to go to the anchor because it's under roof. And it can be pouring outside and it can be really almost kind of scary as it can be sometimes in the bend of the Chifuncta. But you are safe under roof at the anchor. That is where you're going to find delicious food too. And that makes everything better, doesn't it? You have a sports, uh, you have sports you can watch at the bar. You have a playground for the kids. You have a smoker running full steam to crank out like five or six different choices of smoked meats and a whole bunch of sides for your barbecue family pack at the anchor. You can pick that up at the boat launch right there. There's a dock. It's not really a launch, it's a dock. You can pick it up and take it out on the water if you're going out on the Chifuncta for the day, or you can pick it up and bring it home. You can eat in at the Anchor some delicious appetizers, very unusual things. They have a crawfish boil. They have seafood plates. They have sea they have poor boys, but they're different kind of poor boys. They're kind of gourmet poor boys. Because the chef is Michael Gottlieb. He's the same chef as the one upstairs at Chifuncta. And he's, he knows his stuff. It's good stuff. The Chifuncta is located on the Chifuncta River in the building that used to be Friends. It's the sister restaurant of the beautiful Chifuncta's upstairs. And it is located at 407 St. Tammany at the Chifuncta, right off the bridge. 556-9696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, here I am. Let's talk to Steve now. Steve? Can you hear me? I can. Okay. Uh, I was just laughing when you talked about friends. I think the three worst service meals I've ever had in my life were at friends. The worst everything was at friends. Uh, that, That's... What the hell did <laughs> it It was just amazing how such a great, I know. Facility. I know. You know. I know. And the new improved friends wasn't a whole lot better. It was no, just a it beautiful wasn't. environment. And so no. I want to make it absolutely clear that you are at a complete 180 on this place that I just talked about, the Chifuncta Anchor Complex. Yeah, I've been I've been to Anchor. I haven't been to Chifuncta yet, but I've been to Anchor, and I thought it yeah. was very good. It's, uh, it's 180 degree, degrees different. Why would somebody go to Cane's when Popeye's is in the same town? Because they want chicken fingers. Yeah, well, they got those at Popeye's, too. Well... You know what? I got to tell you, I love Popeye's. I am going to tell you, I love Popeye's. Me too. But that crispy, crunchy chicken's pretty good too. Oh, <laughs> I haven't want, tried it yet. You tried if it. You, if you want just a little bit of a different flavor or a different, I mean, it's it's great. They're all good. It's like, it's like you know, do you want to go to the Anchor or Chifunctas? They're both delicious. You know, one is casual. Well, there's a one world is... of difference between Anchor and Chifuncta, well, yes, I'm yes, sure. Yes, there is. But, I'm, but saying, I'm just saying. Canes, I just do not understand how this guy has made a career out of nothing but chicken fingers. Because he it. is fueled by a commitment to an idea and an ideal and passion and you can be successful at anything if you never give up and you believe in it as fervently as he did i'm sure you know his story right yeah absolutely absolutely okay. if you're going to do that in order to be successful you're going to be successful period 
know? Okay, well, I'm coming out with bacon-wrapped Twinkies. Okay. And Go I ahead. believe in it, and I'm going to open up a drive through bacon-wrapped Twinkies stand. I'm not going to come, <laughs> but I wish you well. Okay. Maybe I'll take over the drive through crawfish when the crawfish season's over and put my bacon wrap twinkies there you go. in there. I don't think, By the way, you know did, you, okay. did you get your $2 crawfish this week? You know what? I Let's see. Was Tuesday flooded or not? I'm trying to think. No. Tuesday. It was not no, flooded. It was raining okay. a little bit, but not, yeah. you know. I actually went out. You know what it was? I didn't go out Tuesday. I went out Wednesday thinking it was Tuesday. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I actually even told my daughter that she should send her boyfriend down to get the $2 Tuesday crawfish. And then I realized about an hour Wednesday. later, wait a second, it's Wednesday. <laughs> so no, I forgot that it was Tuesday, but I'm going to go back and get some more of those because I think they're really good. Yeah, I, I didn't really we got them. We got them this Tuesday again, and my wife told the, the kids that you know bring it out to the car and put it in the car, and she said, "See you next Tuesday." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so it's we will good stuff. definitely. We may get crawfish this weekend, you know, but we will definitely hit it every Tuesday till crawfish season. So that is ridiculous. Two dollars. It's, it's good. Now, do you get yeah. the do you get the medium or the larger ones? Because the last time I said medium, and that was too small. I'm going to get the larger ones the next time. Are those more expensive, or are they all two dollars? I think I think it's. I don't. I don't think you can get the larger ones for two dollars. Oh, okay. Uh, but okay. I don't know that for a fact. My wife mm-hmm. did it. I wasn't there, so I'm kind of lying telling you that. Okay. Well, it's you know it's it's good no matter what, and it's yeah, a really good I spice like their, level. Their boiling is very good. It's they're, good. It's very and good. they also one of the things that I'm impressed with them so far is we get like ten pounds for the two of us to split, mm-hmm. and I've gotten like two bad crawfish in the mm. 10 pounds you know the ones i'd probably are, just eat those so it doesn't that? matter no, i'd probably the, just eat those you know. the, the ones that are just mealy when you pop uh-huh. the tail open and the meat just crumbles uh-huh that's that's how i can tell they're bad you, you know usually you get like you know people used to say if they're straight no you know you know if the tails are straight yeah, they those. were dead when they hit that's not true I don't care. Uh, I eat them anyway. Yeah, but no, I think they're. It's a very good crawfish place. Have you uh, tried the the uh, soft shell crab yet? Not the soft shell crab. The uh, stuffed crab at uh, Mandeville. We were talking about that. I said I thought the stuffed crab at Mandeville seafood was good. Yes, but I don't agree. Okay. I don't agree. Okay. That's. That is to me, and I and I love Mandeville seafood. You can't do everything perfect, no. But I, I that is not what I'm thinking of when I'm thinking of a stuffed crab. How about their uh, the little corn things, the corn fritters? I've not tried those, but I do want to try those. Oh, they're delicious! I, I want to try those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's a great place. But I was yeah. not impressed with that because I have a particular thing in mind when I'm thinking stuffed crab. And hey, and Henry's that stuffed crab me. Wait what? Henry's <laughs> bored with me. I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching. I know, We're but not he, throwing he gets, you out yet. He gets bored with me and cranks the music up and stuff, you know. <laughs> 
Beat it, Steve. That's his way of saying beat it, Steve. No, it's his way of saying we have to we have to keep on a schedule here. But I'm watching. I'll let you know when you got to go. That was better than what Tom used to do. Tom used to say, all right, we've had enough I'm much you. nicer than Tom. I mean, yeah. in some ways. In some ways, yeah. I'm really not. <laughs> anyway, all right, Steve, always good to talk to you. I'm going to go back and get some more $2 crawfish, I have to say. You want to look at the nomenu.com for that recipe for the crawfish tails. All right, that's it. Three, 3 o'clock at GSA New Orleans. This is Jeff Cruer. Join me at 7 a.m. till 11 for Ringside Politics with a Punch right here on WGSO 990 a.m. New Orleans, Louisiana. They want to have 13 justices instead of nine. The effort being led by Massachusetts Senator Ed Markey. As far as adding members to the Supreme Court, constitutional law professor Jonathan Turley says, It just dispenses with any pretense of principle. It's just a raw muscle play. It's like a hostile takeover of the court. And I, I don't really understand the political logic here, but what, I, what really concerns me is that this is really a test of principle for Democratic members. That audio, courtesy of Fox News, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says the planned withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan is a welcome development. Pelosi saying Biden's plan is safe, strategic, and orderly. You're listening to USA Radio News. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day, but supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Senate Majority Leader from New York Chuck Schumer says the Senate is cruising toward passage of a new hate crime bill that focuses on Asian Americans. I was pleased the vote was so substantial, 92 to 6. Rarely do you see 92 senators agree to move forward with any piece of legislation. Schumer speaking on the Senate floor Thursday, calling the bill a good example of bipartisan cooperation. The latest example of anti-Asian hate crime was a Black Lives Matter activist from Seattle has been arrested. Chris Hammer, who is black, was charged with allegedly attacking three Asian American women in two separate incidents back in March. Major League Baseball is commemorating Jackie Robinson Day. It comes on the anniversary of his historic MLB debut, breaking the league's color barrier. All teams will be wearing his number 42. Some teams, including the New York Mets, also honoring Robinson today at City Field. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, and I want to tell you that arthritis is not a genetic thing. It's not a disease of aging. Neither is osteoporosis. Get a hold of my book. It's all in your head. It goes into the 25 different diseases you get when you have osteoporosis of the skull. These are all reversible. You take the Healthy Bone and Joint Pack, the MSM, vitamin D3, stay away from all the bad foods, including gluten, and guess what? You'll regrow all your bones, including your skull and your legs and your hips and everything else. Contact us at usaradiohealth.com. 
That's usaradiohealth.com. News out of Minneapolis as the defense rests in the case against former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin. The Minneapolis police officer charged in the George Floyd murder trial, Derek Chauvin, will not testify. Judge Peter Cahill, a 14-year veteran of the bench, with instructions directed at Mr. Chauvin. He can give you advice, and you can take that advice or reject that advice. But the decision ultimately has to be yours and not his. Uh, is this your decision not to testify? It is, Your Honor. All right. Do you have any questions about your right to remain silent or to testify on your own behalf? Not at this time, I don't. All right. Has anyone uh, promised anything or threatened you in any way to keep you from testifying? More rains. More rains tonight. More rains coming and going throughout the day tomorrow. A couple of rainy periods. Overnight low temperatures of 60s. Tomorrow's highs in the 70s. Rains could be heavy at times. Flood watches until midday Thursday, where additional rains will occur tonight off and on. And a couple of rainy periods repeated again on Thursday. Back to 70s again tomorrow. 60s in the morning Thursday, followed by a cooler high with the rains around low 70s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO, Murphy's Mandeville Gun and Knife Show, with over 250 tables, knives, guns, and ammo. Saturday, April 17th, 9 to 5, Sunday, April 18th, 10 to 4. Adults, $10, ages 11 to 15, $5, 10 and under, get in free. Good for both days. $2 discount for military and police at Murphy's Mandeville Gun and Knife Show. Knives, guns, and ammo. Saturday, April 17th, Sunday, April 18th, at the Casting Center, Mandeville. Fitzmore's Food Show, and this is hour two, or the second course, as Tom used to like to call it. Normally, this being a Thursday, it would be the domain for the next half hour of our gal, Nicole Dorignac. But she is busy, busy, busy this week, and may do this with us tomorrow at the same time. But we're not necessarily sure about that either, and we have had a busy show I started out using the Almanac Blueprint, but haven't gotten very far because we've had busy calls, all with very interesting things to say. Starting off with Michael, who, uh, who made my day by saying that he tried the peanut patch peanuts because he heard us talking about it on the show. And also the Hormel hot tamales, which I haven't even gotten around to doing. And I, I don't want to get myself started on them again. I think that's what it is. I really don't want to, I mean, I, I was kind of addicted to them. So I don't, want to, I don't want to open that Pandora's box again. We were talking about souffle potatoes. Today is Palm de Terre Souffle Day. And uh, it was an interesting story that I relayed from Tom's Almanac, which is full of interesting stories and tidbits, and history, and all that, which is why I like to use it on the show. Few restaurants make souffle potatoes, and with good reason. The second frying is done in all in oils so hot that the 
that fires are common. If you try to make them at home, do it outside, well away from anything that might ignite. Colinet, who is the originator of souffle potatoes, is also credited by some as having invented Bernays. Bernays makes a great dip for souffle potatoes and so many other things. The idea was begun at Arnaud's, spread to Galatoire's, and finally back to Antoine's. You can read about the souffle potatoes in Tom's Almanac, which is something I suggest everyone do every day. It's really fun stuff. And you can find it on nomenu.com, but we use it on the show just to sort of ignite conversation about food. We're talking a little bit about McDonald's and fast food. And I think fast food is an interesting topic always because there's a lot of it out there. Um, it's actually not bad. I mean, if you think about it, some of them, I mean, sometimes I see these, sometimes I see these ads if I'm watching something on television and I go, do people actually eat that? And the answer is, of course, yes. Otherwise, they wouldn't be advertising it. But but um, I would never eat that. And it might actually be really good, but it's just not something I'm going to go do. But the last time I was in a fast food place was Popeye's. And before that, I really can't think of a fast food place that I've gone to other than Popeye's. It's not a snobby thing. It's just something that's off my radar. Plus we eat out all the time in a restaurant. So it's not, you know, it's not something that we would do. So, I mean, Tom has spent his entire life since he was about 14 eating every meal in a restaurant. Now he doesn't do it 100% of the time, but honestly, that's pretty, he's not cut down a whole lot on that. So as his wife, I don't have an opportunity to go uh, do fast food much, and, um, and that's fine. That's fine. Joseph Seagram was born today in 1841. He began his career in the grain business in his native Canada, where he became intrigued by the possibilities of fermenting and distilling grain into alcohol. After he bought out the partners in his company, he expanded the distilling part of the business until it became one of the world's largest. He created Seagram's VO Canadian Whiskey in 1907. It remains the most popular whiskey of its kind. 1907, that was a long time ago. I was talking about whiskey the other day. We went to Maribo in Covington and... They're having these whiskey and wild game dinners. And I just uh, was surprised that every time he opened up a new one, it sold out immediately. So a lot of people want to eat uh, wild game and drink whiskey, apparently. Whiskey's kind of a cool thing right now, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. I don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. But is, is whiskey like a hip, an old drink that's new and hip again? It seems to me that it is, but, you know, is that right? Is that right? Yeah. It's like, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm, maybe they're all having kind of a resurgence because there's the bourbon thing, too. That's a big mm -hmm. deal, too. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe intense spirits is, uh, is enjoying a revival, and I don't think prompted by Tales of the Cocktail. There's the cocktail... And then there's this, I'm going to take a swill of whiskey, 
that kind of thing is kind of hot right now. It seems to me anyway. The old kitchen sage has something fun to say today. There are two kinds of people in the world. One eats corn on the cob from one end of the cob to the other, then moves down a couple of rows and resumes eating to the end where they started and keeps going back and forth until they're done. The other goes all the way around, around the cob, moves to the left or right an inch, and repeats the process until all the corn is gone. And then Tom says he's not sure there are any other differences between these two groups. Now, again, where else would you think about this philosophical issue other than on the food show? Now, I am a um, linear one. I go and eat some and then turn it after I've gone the whole length of the cob. Henry, what do you do? I have to admit I I. I don't have a particular way of eating corn on the cob. So you you don't like you could do it one way one day and one way another day. I, I think so. I certainly don't do the Bugs Bunny eating it like a uh, you know a typewriter down the side. But I think I just uh, lately now when I'm eating corn on the cob, it's much more of the little bits of corn you get in with a uh, a crawfish boil. I feel like that's what I have most often now. Mm, yeah, well, that you can pretty much do in one. Mm -hmm. You know. Okay. Well, I definitely, I'm curious about this. If you would like to call and, and, and say that you've A, ever thought about it, but I think most people know how they eat corn on the cob. I mean, I can say right off the bat, I am the one that does the, the typewriter way. But um, I'm curious, the next caller I'm going to ask that question to, 5569696. How do you eat corn on the cob? Corn on the cob is such a delicious thing, isn't it? I mean, I've I've heard about what it's like. Being from California, Henry, have you ever had corn right off the plant? I, I, I don't think I have, and I'm not sure California is that famous for our corn, I have to say. I'm not sure we grow much out there. Fresno. 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 Mm. Yes. I have a friend who's from Fresno, and um, there is, that's like the, you know, the, the I won't say the bread basket of the world, but um, but that's where mm -hmm. a lot of the California produce is grown. As a matter of fact, they have a store at Fresno State, maybe, or I guess it's Fresno State, and you can buy their, you know, the the bounty right off of you know right after picking. Hmm. Well, and you... apparently there is it's it's unbelievable the difference there is such a world of difference between corn just picked and corn that's been sitting that Ooh. it's it's almost a different thing i'm sure it that's, is and i like corn heard. that's been sitting honestly yeah i know me too <laughs> earlier <laughs> so in the I'm show thinking, wow i gotta try that <laughs> <laughs> earlier in the show we had someone call in he couldn't be on the air but he wanted to mention this uh malcolm i believe his name was he said you can go to UC Davis and they have a big program with olives there. And apparently Ooh. at UC Davis you can get a couple Ooh. different varieties of olive oil that are very high quality and uh, very, very easy to get. You can get a six-pack and uh, there will all be different kinds of olives. So I just wanted to oh, pass cool. that along. Cool. Flights of olive oil. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, we don't want to talk to him. No. <laughs> Michael75 is on the line. Can you hold on to it? Let me take a break, and then I'll come right back to you. Yeah. 
Okay, we'll be right back with Michael 75 after these messages. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. Right down the highway from the excellent Keith Young Steakhouse is Five Girls. And the food is very good casual fare. Here is a fantastic club sandwich with homemade potato chips, a great Cuban, good salads, and the best red beans and rice we have ever had. Poor boys, hamburgers, and terrific fried seafood. Five Girls, 305 Highway 21 in Madisonville. 985-845-2348. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. All righty, 5569696 is the number. Let's ask Michael75 right off the bat. What kind okay. of a corn on the cob eater are you? Okay, definitely not the way you eat it. I eat it uh, in a circular fashion, which is okay. the proper way, according to uh, Emily Post. <laughs> I was about to say, according to you, Michael. Okay, so Emily Post says you're you're supposed to go round and round. Okay. Right. Anyway, uh, do you play this song incessantly while you're driving, written by a native New Orleanian? You know what the name of the song is? No, what? I Love L.A. by Randy Newman. Oh, I love that song. I do. I love that song. Yes. No, uh, I don't. The, well, what happened to uh, Nicole today? She's busy. Sometimes oh, okay, she gets really I, swamped. She said she, she's oh. going to try to do it tomorrow. You, you know, uh, it's a great store uh, like Dorignax when they have uh, their own homemade brand and they serve a competitor at the same time. I was shocked the other day when I went to get the turtle soup and I saw uh, uh, for twice the price, uh, some uh, restaurant made a turtle soup uh, I had Tony never Mandinas. heard of. I think it's Tony Mandinas. Man, was it Tony Mandinas can't warm up their own tur the Dorignac turtle soup. Wait, 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 They're wait. Like, You've been listening to this show and you don't know what Tony Mandinas is? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, mean, I hope I, she's not I know listening. Tony <laughs> I know Tony. I've never been there, but he can't be that good. But he, but I know that I know their turtle soup can't be as good as Dorignac's. I'm gonna tell way, you what, their red gravy's pretty great. You can get oh, that. I, 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 it would be a shock to me if I could ever taste the red gravy that was pretty great uh, from a <laughs> restaurant, especially one that's bottled. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> Speaking of olive oil, um, I uh, I tell you I go to TJ Maxx and Home Goods and look for these yes, great olive did. oil. Yes, you did. I have to do that. I have to try that. Okay, and now this is what I have in, in stock here. I have one called Monini, M-O-N-I-N-I -I from Tuscany. Mm -hmm. Then I have uh, one from Sicily called Russo Tiesi, and then I have a Greek olive oil called Glafkos. And all of them are uh, like uh, one half to one third the price. I, I usually pay like ten dollars for a uh, twenty-five ounce bottle. Oh, really? Wow! Hmm. And also, I have uh, they they had on sale at Dorignac's. I think it was Dorignac's that supported us, and I bought three bottles of Calavito Extra Virgin, which is not bad. 
Yeah. Okay. Now let me ask you this. Have you ever done an actual tasting of those olive oils, like just on a piece of bread? Oh yeah. I, I taste them. And, uh, well, do you have preferences? Like what are you, well, what do you recommend? Actually, I don't. Uh, the, the better olive oils are supposed to be a little uh, spicy, but I, I like mine less spicy. So. Okay, so but do I, you I, have a favorite? Uh, no, I just uh, I, most of these real good olive oils from Europe, uh, they're all good. Actually, the favorite I had, I brought back from uh, Provence. Uh, we were at a market, and the guy had just made it, and it was it was so green. Oh my goodness! Uh, really, he just it, made it. Was, it? Sorry, yeah, it just made it was great. Oh, cool, wow. Uh, and uh, are any of those what? olive oils that you're talking about that you get from TJ Maxx are they green? No, well, they're all in dark, uh, dark bottles, so you can't really well, tell. You would see it when it came out. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, most of them are pretty green, but th this one uh, was in a real clear bottle in, in France, and uh, it was great. Uh, and um, the, the olive oil. So anyway. Anyway, you inspired me. I'm going to try to make uh, Miss Angelino's corned beef hash tomorrow. Okay. I'm telling you, it was not bad. Well, wait, where are you going to get the corned beef? You know where I got it from? Oh, Home Stein's Deli. Not, no, Stein's oh. has the best. Nobody close. Yeah. But since mm -hmm. I, I didn't want to go all the way to Stein's, uh, mm -hmm. I got the homemade corned beef from Dorignax. Okay. All right, so you're going to make some. All right, let me know how it turns out. Yeah, it sure will. Okay, have a good day. GG. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'm here. Marianne Fitzmorris sitting in Tom Fitzmorris's chair. Tom's been at this for thirty-three years. And I think he's I think he's tired. So I'm sitting in the chair and keeping the torch lit when we talk about food. Five five six nine six nine six. How do you eat your corn on the cob? Am I a weirdo? That's two people. There are three of us that have talked about corn on the cob, and I am the outlier. So uh, I'm, I'm wondering, is that an unusual way to eat corn on the cob? I just never really thought of it. Um, I think I just got a text, I think, from my, my sister. So, Sil, if you're listening, call and tell me if, how you eat your corn on the cob, because maybe we have a family way of eating it. I don't know, but I never really paid that much attention to it. But obviously, not everyone does it the same. Words to eat by today are from Leonardo da Vinci, born in 1452. Quote, I have learned from an early age to abjure the use of meat, and the time will come when men such as I will look upon the murder of animals as they now look upon the murder of men. Hmm. So, da Vinci... Da Vinci was a vegetarian. Or maybe he wasn't. He just said that. Let's go to Eric, my friend, Eric. Are you going to weigh in on the corn of the cob? Yeah, so actually, no, I grew up in upstate New York. And um, besides apples, we grew a lot of corn where I came from. So um, I'm with you. I'm typewriter style. Oh, see... We're simpatico with everything. This is why the new fissure between our opinions is disturbing me. There's something unaligned in the planets where you and I are disagreeing. <laughs> well, um, another thing, too, there's a, it's, I mean, I love corn on the, 
and my wife drills me on this. I shouldn't think anybody can love corn like I love corn, but there's a huge difference from taking it right off the stalk That's to even like, I don't know, we can transport whatever it takes to get here. That's what I've heard. I've heard it is, it is a sublime thing to have corn right off the stalk. It's like it's it might be on my bucket list of something to do now because I just I've heard my friend from Fresno talked about boy you just have never tasted corn until you've had it off the stock. I think Stan, our traveling man, told me that too when he was out west on his way out there. So yeah. All right. So another typewriter person. Go ahead, what? Yes. Yeah, no, no, no. I honestly but I, I you know, now that I've lived here for as long as I have um, and I still like corn as much as I do. It's kind of like a, a family joke that I have to seek it out when uh, you can get corn on the cob. So it's um, good. Do you like it good. grilled, or do you? How do you do corn on the cob? Pardon? How do you do it? Do you just boil it, or do you grill it, or yeah. what? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, I've grilled it before, but honestly, boiling it's the best way. I agree. I agree. You know, this is what I say about the show. You know, we talk about, there's so much out in the world you don't want to talk about, but we want to talk about, you know, the the mist when you peel a satsuma or just thinking about corn right out of the pot where you put the butter on it and it starts melting. And then you put just just salt, just salt and butter. You don't need chili butter or any of that gourmet stuff. Just salt and butter is just... It's heavenly. It's really good, I think. Yeah, anyway. so one more fun fact before I leave. So um, obviously we eat a lot of red beans, and you know my connection to that. But right. um, where my brother-in-law gets the majority of his red beans is from upstate New York. So oh, really? kind of funny. Huh. Yeah, we would never eat them up there. But huh. um, we grow the heck out of them up there. That's, that is interesting. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, bef- before you go, yep. you are somewhat of an expert on fast food, in addition to yeah. your many other expert opinions. Uh, I, hate to, I hate that moniker, but unfortunately, <laughs> I'll try every new fast food out there just to see if it's like the McRib. I mean, it, uh, Go ahead. What were you going to Thank ask? you. For, thank you for saying that because if you had said you liked the McRib, the, the, the Fisher would perhaps become the Grand Canyon. Okay. Now, what else is out there in fast food world that you're digging on right now? Um, I, I am really, I'm kind of like you. I, I am really watching what I eat and counting calories a lot. <clears throat> so... Fast food has not been on my um, my radar lately. I, I hate to say it, and I haven't seen anything that um, you know really. Like you said, that fish sandwich. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, but other than that, nobody's come out with anything that really intrigues me to go out and at least try it. So I hate. <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! Like, wait, wait. So the panade slab of chicken molded into a taco that one doesn't do it for you nah, no no <laughs> um i look but, at that stuff I mean, and i go come on people go ahead what that's why they're in limited i mean they only they're only out there for a little while 
unless they're successful, and then they'll bring them back. Like that McRib, it comes mm-hmm. back like twice a year. I know. And they kill it on that thing. Oh, um, oh my gosh. Mm-mm-mm. But if I, I think if they left it out there year round, you know, I, I don't know. I, you know more about the stuff than I do, but it's. it's I don't know anything about the McRib. I know. I know as much as I want to, which is nothing. It's an inedible piece of cartilage. It is. So, uh, it's yeah. disturbing. Yeah, that's all. Disturbing. Yeah. Very disturbing. Yeah. Uh, all right. As always, most interesting. Um, all right. We'll talk Good to you talk. next time. All right. Bye. Five five six nine six nine six. Clyde. Let's go to Clyde. Marianne, Marianne, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Hey, um, so we're coming to Covington. We're actually going to New Orleans next week, going to the Zurich Classic on Marshall down there. That's a golf tournament. Yes, I know. So, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> not that you didn't know. But anyway, I've made one night reservation for Friday night at Chifuncta based on Chifuncta. Okay. Is it Chifuncta? Yeah. Chifunctas. Sure. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. why they had so, the S on there, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, whatever. And then mine, I'm from Indiana. We're from Indianapolis, so we've got friends coming over from Houston, and my wife's from Baton Rouge. But I've got a question about corn, if you want to. Of course. Not a question, but a, a, mm-hmm. yeah, a question for you. So if you pull an ear of corn off a stock, how many can you pull off? one stock i don't know is this a is this a well-known riddle or something i mean like i don't know that much about corn in its natural state well it it might surprise you how many do you think oh how many would you think i would think you could probably i think that you're i think that the question is a question that is designed to dazzle the person that's going to hear the answer so i'm going to go big here and i'm going to say 24. so 24 ears of corn you can get off one stock that's what you believe okay now you know what you know what clyde we're going to have to give this a cliffhanger we're gonna, this is going to have to be a cliffhanger because we have the news in the next 15 seconds. Can you hold on and let us all wait with bated breath? I'll give you the answer. It's one. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> okay. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. It's 3.30. Time for the Louisiana Radio Network news. I was going to go big one way or the other. Louisiana Radio Network. I'm Matt Doyle. LSU Interim President Thomas Galligan reveals that the school still has no written policy mandating that any employee who fails to report sexual misconduct incidents be immediately terminated. Given that information, Galligan was asked if he is still comfortable with how students are perceiving the school's handling of Title IX. I think the students believe that we listen to them and that we're serious about making the changes that we need to make. Galligan says the school plans to eventually write the policy, and many North Louisiana leaders are expressing concern over the decision to have Shreveport Medical School Chancellor Dr. G.E. Gali on leave over allegations of sexual misconduct. Shreveport Senator Greg Tarver believes LSU Baton Rouge is shifting the focus of the scandal to Shreveport in an effort to increase funding for medical facilities at the main campus. We don't have enough money to support the two medical schools while we're creating another one. I've said this many times in finance committee but they continue to move forward. LRN. Battery power made by steel. From trimmers and mowers to chainsaws and blowers, steel battery tools are exactly what you need to tackle your to-do list. 
whether you need to maintain your yard or completely transform your landscape. Shop online for the Steel AK Homeowner Series starting at just $199.99. Pick up at over 10,000 local steel dealers. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. There are new forms of the coronavirus. Just what we needed, right? Yeah. So we wondered, are we doing enough to protect ourselves and our son? Turns out we are. Because things like well-fitted masks, six feet of space, avoiding crowds, all of that still works. And getting vaccinated, you know, when it's our turn. COVID may not be letting up, but neither are we. We can do this. Learn more at cdc.gov coronavirus. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. The Edwards Mortgage Group, the Mason Collective, NOLA Title Group, and ARC Insurance Consultants are the ones to call on for all of your home needs. Whether it's mortgages, closing, sales, or insurance, they take care of your home needs, and now they've come together to help take care of the needs of our beloved New Orleans music community by partnering with Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA for Fridays from the Funky Uncle. Fridays from the Funky Uncle is a free webcast live from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge, that features New Orleans musicians playing live music combined with interviews and outreach news to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans that have been impacted by COVID-19. You can join in the funky fun time by simply going to www.funkyuncle.live every Friday night at 7 p.m. Coming to the Funky Uncle Lounge April 16th, it's E.T. and the Jackson Square All-Stars. For more information on how you can support Fridays from the Funky Uncle, go to funkyuncle.live. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings, and lots of things are never what they seem. Yes, indeed. 556-9696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, Marianne Fitzmorris, I'm sitting in the Tom Fitzmorris chair here doing the food show as he has done for 33 years. Let's talk food with you. All right, so going to try and recoup a little dignity from that last question, which was how many ears of corn do you get off? I wasn't sure if he was saying one leaf or a whole plant, but it makes sense, of course, that you would only get one per, I guess, shoot but is there only, there can't be only one shoot per plant. There's probably like a whole bunch of them, like 23 maybe. No, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I've never paid that much attention to a corn plant. Um, I'm tempted to try and grow one, although I'm an incredible black thumb. But um, it seems to me like there's a lot of, of uh, corn cobs on a plant. Anyway, 5569696, the question was prompted by something in the almanac, which was about how people eat corn on the cob. There's the typewriter kind, where you go from one end to the other. And then there's the uh, around and round and round kind. I think I've, I've probably done both from time to time, but I think if left to my own devices, just absentmindedly, I would do the typewriter. And I always start on the, not the fatter end, but it's, I always line up the fatter end on the right and start left to right on the smaller end. I think, 
I'm not even sure. I'm going to have to pay attention the next time. Anyway, if you would like to weigh in on the corn on the cob question, uh, I would like to hear from you because it's kind of a fun little thing. We were talking about uh, souffle potatoes. That was another question I had for everyone. Souffle potatoes, what's the best in town? Souffle potatoes can be found at the Grand Dames, at Antoine's, of course, where they originated, at Arno's, where I think they're the best, and Galatoire's. And I, I want to say I think Two Jacks may have them too, but I'm not definitely sure. Five five six nine six nine six. We're also talking about fast food because the first McDonald's opened today in Chicago or suburb of Chicago, and uh, there's always a lot to be said about fast food. Although not many people on this show eat fast food, I think um, it was uh, it is a, a a cornerstone now of American culture. I would say and has been exported <laughs> to Europe, much to the chagrin of a lot of people, I'm sure. Five five six nine six nine six. today we have learned that Leonardo da Vinci was either a hypocrite or a vegetarian, and might even be a vegan in today's world. I don't know. Words to drink by today, let us candidly admit that there are shameful blemishes on the American past, of which the worst by far is rum. Nevertheless, we have improved man's lot and enriched his civilization with rye, bourbon, and the martini cocktail. In all history, has any other nation done so much? That's from Bernard DeVoto, an early 20th century historian of the American West too bad he didn't say anything about saloons because I think saloons are kind of cool. Alan, do we have Louie to usher Alan in? We do. He's here. He's right behind me. <laughs> Alan, you're the What's most that? famous expat on this show. <laughs> oh... Oh, what would the world do without Louie? I don't know. I don't know what this show would do without Louie, for sure. I read a very interesting article. I know the show's about food and, and not history. Uh, Louie was raised partially by a, a Jewish family. Um, after, you know, he quit school in the fifth grade, and it was tough, obviously, you know, living in the South. Uh, mm -hmm. Um, it, so it was also, he found out very tough for Jews, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> back in the day, back in the twenties. Uh -huh. So, uh, he, um, he, he started doing, uh, odd men jobs for, uh, Mr. Um, Karnofsky. Karnofsky actually was my first boss when I, um, left high school and, uh, started working on Bourbon Street. Uh, Mama Mia's was the uh, was my first job as a waiter. Uh, now he cut. He he called it. Uh, the name was changed to Carno. And those mm -hmm. that are oh, you're familiar with the Carnos? Yeah, the the Judge and Company, Vicky Carno. Uh, they're probably related. Mm -hmm. 
but not um, not real close. Well, you know, who, who am I to say how close they are? But um, I'm <laughs> yeah, sure Alan. The, <laughs> I'm sure they're the same family. Um, but yes, um, Nick Carno was my my first. Uh, he was he he actually ran a couple of uh, Bourbon Street places, and um, uh, I. He, but back to, to Louis, he had. He developed this love and respect and admiration for uh, Jewish people uh, and said that they are special souls and that, uh, I don't know if this is true, it, it, this was a rumor. He said that in, in heaven, uh, black people and Jews are going to be in the same section. Wait, what? In what? <laughs> in heaven. Oh. <laughs> indicating that there are neighborhoods in heaven, I guess. But Yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess, yeah. Anyway. So Louis Armstrong, yeah. Um, but uh, food, you know, um, quickly the uh, the corn on the cob because we do eat a lot of corn up here. Um, I am definitely a typewriter, but um, I'm thinking about your your question yesterday. I didn't, didn't get a chance to call in when you were asking about cookbooks. Oh, good. Uh, and you know, I know that that these days, if somebody wants a recipe, they Google it. You know, yeah. or, or uh, I do a lot of YouTubing for mm-hmm. uh, recipes, mm-hmm. and um, but there's one. Actually, what I do is different from my wife. My wife gets a cookbook at least one or two a year. The last one she got uh, is called Small Victories, um, and they're these delightful, delightful recipes for for certain dishes. And she uses this cookbook. It's not just sitting on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but but she makes very interesting uh, food uh, combinations. What's, what's the origin of the name Small Victories? What are you victorious about? Uh, it's usually designed for a small dish, like for, for two people. Oh, okay. If that makes sense. So smaller sense. portion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. what I do... Um, I don't. I my my style in getting cookbooks is like right now. I'm all about cooking in wrought iron. I use. Yes. I have cast iron. Cast iron. Yes, exactly. Cast iron skillets. Mm-hmm. And and gosh, I do everything from cornbread from mm-hmm. scratch. I make cornbread uh, skillet. Uh, I you know black iron skillet cornbread mm-hmm. to uh, roast chicken, garlic lemon chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, Fried oysters, you know, uh, just, just, I use it every day. I really do. So, you know what? I need to start doing that, Alan, because it's not a go to for me. I have to consciously remember to do it, but it's a much better way to cook. I mean, all of these metals that have been created since then are not as good for you as that. And I see why it's coming back in vogue now. But I wouldn't think to put a chicken in a in a cast iron skillet. I put it in glass, so that's okay. But mm-hmm. yeah, why not? You know. Yes. Yeah. Usually, maybe a three pound, four pound. Mm-hmm. You know, n- nothing too big. But uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, that's my big one. That's the one I, I inherited from uh, on my wife's side of the family. Her grandmother. Mm-hmm. I kind of raided that the kitchen. That, uh, we we still have a house, or I say my wife does, and her family, because mm-hmm. her mom was raised um, on the peninsula mm-hmm. in a small town called Chimicum, um, which is just south of Port Townsend, 
uh, near Put- Port Ludlow. Anyways, so yeah, I just kind of raided the the, uh, the kitchen there, and my gosh, it's uh, you know the more you use an, uh, these skillets, mm-hmm. um, the more nonstick they become. Mm-hmm. You can fry a a perfect egg, and it comes right off uh, mm-hmm. my skillet. Just yeah. But you don't you don't need this Teflon stuff. You know you don't yeah. have to spray it. you don't have to yeah. do anything. To it. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to wash it. <laughs> yeah, my favorite part. <laughs> uh, really, seriously, I have a brush and I put salt on it, um, uh-huh. or sometimes baking soda. Um, if there is something that's a little bit hard to come off in a little hot water, but mm-hmm. no, I never use uh, detergent, any soaps mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, and, and of course you, you, you put it on high heat, you know, anything you cook, yeah. it's going to be hot as heck. Yeah. But so that's what I do. I'll get a, a cookbook, you know, all these different ideas to, to cook in my skillet. <laughs> and so what, when you ago, choose a book, what is it that makes you choose a book? I mean, there's hundreds of them out there, thousands of them. So what, what is it yeah, that you look for? Well, you know, when when you start Googling, then all this, you know, before you know it, you're an Amazon, which uh, I'm not real proud to say because they, they're making so much money right now. They don't need me to uh, mm-hmm. give them a commercial. But you, then you start seeing reviews on certain books. Uh, so it's uh-huh. that's where you kind of like nail it, you know, mm-hmm. from five to four to three. Finally, mm-hmm. I'll choose one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I won't buy it from Amazon. There are so many uh, books. People What's the last book you bought? What's the last uh, cookbook that you bought? Um, well, it, it, I was with my wife because you know we're we're, uh, we're starting to go out more now. And um, but it was the uh, wait. It's an Ina. I'm not sure if I'm Ina Garden. Yeah, Ina Garden, uh-huh. and uh-huh. it's called Make It Ahead. Uh huh. Okay. So okay. my wife is, that's, yeah, that's, it was more for my wife, I'd say. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, and yeah. why Ina Garten? Because you like her or because her book is pretty or because it's easy to understand? Or what is it about what made you well, choose that one? That's funny because m- my wife uh, is very close to her mom. Oh, so they, they, well, that's they, probably why then. <laughs> and they love to cook. <laughs> they do. Uh-huh. They enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So they okay. kind of they they bounce off each other, and mm-hmm. that's how you know Gina doesn't you know listen to it. She doesn't do social media or anything, mm-hmm. so she usually gets her information about that from from her mom. I see. Okay, so Gina, your her. wife is close to yeah. Ina Garten's mom. Um, that's yeah. They they both they both like her now. Okay. Uh, they like the cookbooks for sure. You know, I don't know if she has a show or. Or anything, mm-hmm. but uh, my mother-in-law would know about that. Okay. She probably, I don't know, maybe she is, you know. I see. Uh, and okay. another thing, but I can't remember the name of the book, but uh, I was into crock pot cooking. Mm-hmm. Because um, I do make my black beans and my red beans in a, a rival crock pot. I have a big one. Those things are great. Oh. They really are. Yeah. Yeah, they cook the way I like to cook, which is slow braising of everything. And it becomes this soft, you know, really homey kind of texture. Mm-hmm. 
You can anyway. do so much with it. There's yeah, really oh yeah. Mainly you correct. can leave the house and let it cook for you. That's the main reason, <laughs> you know? I mean, oh, I'm, okay. I'm not... I'm not someone who's doing that, and I never was. But for people who do do that, I think that'd be great, you know? I usually do it overnight. So, so you know, uh, mm -hmm. just just because, uh, yeah, I don't like to leave something like that yeah. on when I yeah. – But I'll, I'll cook some stew or chili or whatever. Yeah. Beans. Yeah, it's a good, good way to do it. Yeah. All right, Alan. Uh, yeah. No, I still haven't I, been to the Popeyes in the, in the, on the south end, but they – like I said, they still have it on the menu. They say that, you know, they've, they've got dirty, it's called dirty rice. Okay. No, they call it Cajun rice. Excuse me. That's mm. that. It's on their menu. Yeah, right. That's right. Okay. I been, All right. Yeah. I, I know. I still have a couple of assignments left. That's I right. I mean, Alan, come on. You, you, what I do you know. think? You have a job or something? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care. <laughs> All right. Take Thanks. care. Thanks. Bye. Five five six nine six nine six. I stand corrected. My friend Eric texted me that it is one ear per stock. Wow, gosh, that that seems so um, inefficient. <laughs> All right, we'll be back after these messages. One of my all-time favorite restaurants is the legendary Pascal's Manali. It's now open for lunch Wednesday through Friday with happy hour specials in the dining room every day. Tuesdays, enjoy two-for-one appetizers and Hans's vodka martinis. Wednesday and Thursdays, wine and beer specials. Friday's lunch martinis are $5. Say hello to my friend Thomas at that great oyster bar when you go to Pascal's Manali, 1838 Napoleon Avenue. Reservations are recommended. Call 895-4877. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. Autumn in New York, why does it seem so inviting? Yes, indeed. I want to tell you that Chifunk does, which we talked about a minute ago and a couple of times during the show, is located right there in Madisonville, right off the bridge in Madisonville on Highway 22. It is right on the water, and it is a beautiful place with great views, big picture windows looking out on the Chifuncta. They have private rooms of varying sizes. It's a huge dining room, a lovely bar, and a food bar where you can sit there and watch them work their magic, and magic it is. That is where you will see them baking all the breads and desserts and little tiny things for their amuse-bouche for the evening. It's where you'll see them assembling their tuna appetizer and various salads, and just the artistry with which they concoct these things. It's really something to watch. They're also very personable and are happy to chat with you while they're doing it. Michael Gottlieb is the chef. He buys the finest ingredients and is really, really good with what he does with them. This is where you're going to see a silver carving 
cart go around the dining room, things that you don't see any place else. This is the place that goes the extra step with absolutely everything they do. This was the best new restaurant, in our opinion, of 2020 in the entire metro area. Chifuncta is absolutely worth a trip from wherever you're coming from. Chifuncta's is located at 407 St. Tammany Street, right where it runs into the Chifuncta. It is the sister restaurant of the Anchor, and one is casual and one is elegant. Chifuncta's, the phone number to make a reservation is 985-323-4800, Chifuncta's. 5569696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'm here for the next 10 minutes looking to talk to you. We've talked about a whole lot of things today. It's been a busy and fun show. Souffle potatoes, fast food, corn on the cob. What else did we talk about? You know, today is the birthday of, we were talking about um, Heloise what, maybe one or two shows ago? And um, we someone mentioned that her daughter had taken over her column and it was Heloise's birthday one or two days ago, but today is her daughter's birthday. And I thought maybe her daughter was, you know, pretty old, but, um, but she was born in 1951. She took over her mom's column in the 80s, and she is actually called Heloise too. So, Blondie and Dagwood Bumpstead had their first child in today's comic strip oh, no. in 1934. The child's name was Alexander, but for a long time, on both the strip and the movie series, he was known as Baby Dumpling. He's a teenager, or was a teenager now. He's probably, what, 30-something? And has been for about 50 years. <laughs> 50 years, yes. Anyway, whenever I think of Blondie and Dagwood, and I don't ever think of Blondie and Dagwood, but when they are brought to mind, as they just were, uh, I just think of sandwiches. And I do love a good sandwich, as I think most people do. My daughter makes really, really gorgeous sandwiches. They're the kind that separates your jaw, and they're they're just perfect in every way. They they fit into the bread just so, but are piled high. Very impressive, I do have to say. Five five six nine six nine six. I was looking at the. Um, where did I, I'm trying to think if, um, oh, I know what I was looking at. I was looking at uh, when I was doing the research to um, talk to Jeff Morrow, who we talked to on Tuesday. He, he had this show called The Sandwich King, and he was showing how to assemble a sandwich. And I would say that that is absolutely the best way to do it. When, and this is something we could actually have fun with on a future show. What do you do? Well, when you assemble a sandwich and you put deli meats on a sandwich, mm -hmm. do you just layer them like you do for a muffalata? Mm -hmm. Or do you get them sliced really, really thin 
and then just drop them in sort of a cascading fashion where they make what's called ribbons. And then it elevates the sandwich in height, like, you know, on a, uh, on a finger sandwich. To me, one of the things that I like most about a finger sandwich is how the meat is, is placed in sort of an accordion style. And it, it, it gives more volume to the sandwich. I mean, there are a lot of sandwiches that are just laid, the meat is laid on top of each other. Like I said, the muffalata is that way, and that's fine. But if given the choice, and I'm going to make a sandwich, and this is the way our daughter makes a sandwich, she just sort of lets the meat cascade, and then it, it makes a big sort of volume. Speaking of... One of my all-time favorite restaurants is the legendary Pascal's Manali. It's now open for lunch Wednesday through Friday with happy hour specials in the dining room every day. Tuesdays, enjoy two-for-one appetizers and Hans's vodka martinis. Wednesday and Thursdays, wine and beer specials. Friday's lunch martinis are $5. Say hello to my friend Thomas at that great oyster bar when you go to Pascal's Manali, 1838 Napoleon Avenue. Reservations are recommended. Call 895-4877. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? Um, I'm sorry, everyone. I closed the computer and, and I went away. Uh, I hope I'm back, Henry. Am I back? I guess so, because I'm not. I'm not wearing the headphone. Anyway, uh, that is just about the end of the show. Anyway, I want to mention that it is the 75th anniversary of WGSO. WGSO is the community voice of the Crescent City. It is the only news talk station locally owned and operated. And they are celebrating 75 years. They're also celebrating a designation from the IRS of a 501c3 corporation, which means if you go to their website, wgso.com, and see the yellow donate button and click it, your donation to the station's campaign, the 75 for 75 campaign, will be tax deductible. It will go toward improvements for the station across the board. We also have our own platform called nomenu.com. That's N-O-M-E-N-U.com. As I said a few weeks ago when I made sort of a statement about the future of the show, one of my goals is to get all of Tom's written word out there. So if you would like to see it written instead of, you know, talked about on the show, you can do that at nomenu.com. That's N-O-M-E-N-U.com. There are archival things there, extinct restaurants, tremendous verbiage about all kinds of things having to do with food and New Orleans food in particular. 
The almanac is there, 400 some odd recipes. That's where our dining diary is, where we've been. Things like the crawfish diaries that was in the newsletter, which you can sign up for at nomenu.com. Comes out twice a week, right to your inbox, and it helps to support the operation. It's a convenient way to get all of those things, specials around town, restaurants that are opening after COVID, that sort of thing. We also have our Instagram page at the New Orleans menu. A lot of pretty pictures there that coincide with the articles that we write. Tim McNally is up next with the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show. And I've had a fun time here today. Please join us tomorrow at the same time. Tell a friend about the show. We'd love to have them join us. WGSO New Orleans, it's 4 o'clock. The best place for cutting-edge news and talk about southeastern Louisiana is the John Mason Show. Every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. on WGSO 990 AM, broadcasting live from the heart of New Orleans, Louisiana. That's according to White House Press.